Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week, we're diving into mum-approved businesses and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Michelle Ponvert, and I'm here with my good friend and amazing copywriter, Rosie. Rosie, would you like to introduce yourself for us? Thank you so much, Michelle. I am Rosie and I am a copywriting expert. I do everything that supports business owners pretty much to uh, sell more, launch their programs, just have that online presence that really connects with their audience and sells for them. Oh, you are, I think, the champion of connection copywriting. And it's something I was super excited to have you share about what makes our copy, our text on our websites, on our emails, anywhere we're selling, what make that what makes that connect and how can we use some of that magic in our own copy? That's a very good question, right? <laughs> I mean, I wish I knew the answer. No, I actually know the answer. <laughs> um, it's, you know, I've been working with big brands, small brands, like, you know, in my um, career before starting my business, I worked with Swarovski, with Heineken, Kawasaki, all of that. And then I started working with smaller uh, businesses, with solopreneurs, with mompreneurs, you know, and, I can say consistent, consistently, it doesn't matter where you are, um, there is always one element that makes you connect really with your audience. And that is the message behind your brand. But if we take it one step deeper, it's really about showing that you understand your audience emotionally, meeting them where they are, not terrorizing them, into something (laughs) that's how it used to be in the 80s um but it's really more about understanding where are they right now emotionally how can you show them hey I understand you I know what you're going through like I understand what you're feeling and I know that this is the reason why you need this service this product whatever it might be so it's really more about understanding what their message is around this positive you know emotional um state desire you know that they have Mm, that's beautiful I like that you really focus on that positive the outcome those like happy feelings rather than the stuff that can make us kind of dig into the pain points and really feel bad when you're talking about finding that connection point how could a business owner go about figuring out what that is like what the message is for them what's going to connect So I usually just start by asking this incredibly difficult question that everybody (laughs) hates, which is, what are you really selling? Mm. Because, you know, a lot of people really get stuck in that, oh, you know, I'm selling this uh, high-end program that will get you the six figures, or, you know, I'm selling this incredibly great water bottle that will make you drink more, and I don't know. But... Is that really what you're selling or is that just the the product, the service, the program, whatever it might be, like the course? If you think about it, you know, when it comes to, um, this is that classic example of you're not selling a mattress, right? You're selling a good night's sleep. You're not selling the clothes, but you're selling the expression. In the same way, you can apply the same to your business. So what Mm -hmm. is it that you're really selling? Maybe it's clarity. Maybe it's confidence maybe is more financial freedom, you know, Uh, maybe it's just like uh, a way to keep your business quite family friendly, you know, (laughs) there are so many shades to it. Mm. And for example, like for me, my business, I know that 
it comes down to a level of self-expression that I give mm. to my clients because they feel comfortable in doing whatever they do and in putting themselves out there and creating copy that reflects them. Mm. So it's really like about ask yourself, what is it that you're really selling? What's that ultimate benefit that your audience, your clients will, will get from you? Mm. That's really cool. I, I love those simple yet completely earth-shattering questions. <laughs> I think that's a really interesting way to, to mine your own kind of experience of your business. I am sure that you do this for yourself and for your clients, but I would love to hear your take on market research and how we can use that, harness that, implement it for our copywriting. Because I do know, from personal experience, it is really, really helpful, but I'd love to hear the expert opinion it is it is really helpful um it is key because of course we want to create everything that caters of course to the right people to the right audience and how do we go on about it that's a very good question i think that there are so many ways that you could do it but for me this is going to sound so simple but the best way to do it for me is just have a chat with your ideal clients Take them out for coffee if you have to, you know, get them on a call and actually ask them to share their, their, um, their point of view about the, the, sorry, the challenge or the solution that they are seeking that is, of course, connected to your services, to whatever it is that you're selling. So it's really more about listening. That, that's for me the major part of Mark research, right, is just going to them indirectly, because I know that there is also like a lot of uh, indirect, you know, ways that you could do the market research, because some people think that that's more reliable, whereas I like to go the, the direct way. So, you know, if it was you, let's say that you're struggling with um, copywriting, you know, with mm -hmm. your business or something like with, for example, writing for your website or something like that, I would literally just ask you, okay, so Michelle, tell me when it comes to writing copy for your website, What's the main challenge you got? Really be direct about it. What mm. is the solution that you want? How does it make you feel? Mm. You know, what's the emotion? Like, how would it make you feel if you had that copy written for you? And really listen and write down everything that they are saying. Because then you will start to see that there are these expressions, like this language, the words that keep coming back mm. from one person to the other to the other. And those are the words that you want to take and put into your copy so don't overcomplicate mm -hmm. it but just like really go direct to the source right mm -hmm. to get the information that you need oh that's beautiful I am like a market research addict I feel like it's so helpful whenever you're shaping your offers writing anything yeah. even for SEO like research to know how people are thinking about what they're typing into search engines it's so much easier to just ask humans what they want <laughs> sometimes a little bit more efficient that's the thing right <laughs> but again also as I said there's nothing wrong in you know going down that route mm. and googling a lot and reading what's out there like these are mm. all different ways that we can leverage to do market research I mean market research is such a, a complex thing anyway mm. but of course it just comes down to the time the energy the effort that you want to put in it and and just literally like also the energy that you got for it because I know that a lot of people get so uh, overwhelmed, you know, by mm. everything that's out there. So eventually, if you just have to choose one thing, literally talk to you that are your ideal clients, you get those answers in a fraction of the time eventually. 
that's very like helpful grounded advice just pick something and go with it I think that's very helpful so now we've got this market research we kind of know what our mission is our purpose like what this business is about how do you advise for people to actually sit down and write the copy do you have any tips or advice for us as we try and actually turn this beautiful stuff into words for our websites emails everything Handcuff yourself to a chair and do it. No, okay. <laughs> that's not the way. That's not the way. Um, no, that's actually like one, one of the things that one of my old um, professors used to say, you know, every time that he was like, okay, you know, you guys just have to do it. And we're like, what if, no, just handcuff yourself to, to your chair and do it. But there are other ways. That's not the only way to go, I can tell you. I would say it really comes down to defining for yourself. First of all, like, what is the point? of this copy that I am writing why am I writing it what is the function Mm. of this page paper piece of content whatever it might be so start with that and then go for a simple structure I know that there are out there these very complex sales pages websites that are like something that you get lost into you know but If you're writing your own copy, you don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Mm. You just need always to start with, okay, what is that I am trying to achieve on this page? What do I want the user to do? And then give yourself a structure by putting down the benefits of whatever it is that you're selling, that you're presenting. Uh, Even when it comes to about pages, people like Mm -hmm. find it funny when I talk about benefits when it comes to an about page, right? Because you think, that's about me, right? <laughs> my story. But it's not, right? You know this, Michelle. Like, I know mm-hmm. that you're an expert, clearly, when it comes to websites. So you probably have seen just as many as I have. <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> yes, right? And, and when it comes to about pages, it's never really about you. It's about the audience still. It still mm-hmm. needs to be relevant to them. It's not about how great and amazing you are. It's not your bio. That's a big difference. It's not your bio. It's your about. And mm-hmm. even then, you can actually ask yourself, okay, what are the benefits here? What do I want my audience, the reader, the visitor to take away from this page? What will they learn? What is the ultimate benefit of what I am trying to communicate here? Mm-hmm. And if you start with that, it will at least give you a sense of structure to what you're doing. And I mean, the easiest way to do this, I'm going to be very obvious right now, but (laughs) outsource it. If you really don't want to do it, just outsource it. Um, Because that's also the truth. Like I always say it, there is a lot of copy that you can write yourself and you will be great at it. Also, how much time and energy is going to take you. But also there are some other bits of copy, such as sales pages. I would not Mm. recommend anyone to write their own sales page because it's just not going to have the same impact because of the amount of technique and theory that will go into Mm. it. But if you're really doing it, keep it simple. Decide what is that main goal, objective of that page. Give yourself a bit of structure by focusing on the benefits and, you know, tap into that language that you've learned from your audience and just get going. Don't fear a blank page, just get going. Mm. That's beautiful. And I think that's, that's really helpful to call out where doing it ourselves like makes sense I think that's really great but where it's also a good idea to hire it can be 
quite confronting as an entrepreneur, maybe in those early years, knowing what's worth your money and time and energy investment hiring out for. So you mentioned sales pages. Is there anything else you recommend people hiring out for earlier on in their business journeys? I think anything that is really related to the sales part should mm. be outsourced pretty sh- you know, early on or straightforward, you know, like straight away, sorry. Um, so sales pages, any sales email sequences type of thing, you want to do mm. it. Uh, if you got a freebie of any source, you know, lead magnet, I would also advise to outsource mm. that nurture sequence that comes with it. Because you can create an amazing lead magnet, but it yeah. is not really supporting your business. We are just literally wasting time. Mm. So that could be one of the things that I would say it's a good investment early on. And it's generally yeah. not that expensive uh, either to do. So it's a great choice. And and I like actually to make a note about investments early on because mm. just yesterday I was at a networking event here in London and lovely place lovely ladies you know uh, very women driven and I was talking to somebody actually another Australian you know and I was talking <laughs> to somebody and such a lovely woman and she was telling me that she had just started out she invested in a business coach and this business coach has told her you need this 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 and that and at one point she started to list everything that she has put money into oh. because this business coach told her so and I was quite shocked at some of the investments because she was talking about CRM systems and I'm thinking you don't even have clients yet do you really need a CRM system that Mm -hmm. I know the price point of what she was mentioning and per month is quite high and then you know there are systems such as what is it Kartra and all of that you know Mm -hmm. and even for that you're spending 70 80 pounds dollars whatever it might be a month you know and maybe you don't even need it Mm-hmm. it's much more efficient eventually to get Squarespace and MailChimp. It's going to be cheaper. <laughs> You're still going to have exactly everything that you need, you know? So it's really about understanding for yourself, okay, am I really putting money into the right things that mm-hmm. will help me making money? Or am I just putting money into things that people told me is going to make my job a bit easier, but actually yeah. right now they're not supporting me because that is also the difference, right? Yeah, I think that's a really, really good perspective on it. Like there's so many trendy, like cool things to spend on. And you'll often be getting advice on, you know, tools and tech, particularly from people who are further along in business than you. And what works for them at, say, a six, seven figure coaching business level is not the same tools, tech and support you need at an early stage service business level. Absolutely. I I think we're very much (laughs) seeing eye to eye there. I think that you're right. There's what's going to make you money is the main motivating factor at that early stage. So I think that you're right, that there's key pieces of your sales funnel of your sales kind of writing is going to be really impactful. Uh, So now we know when people should start working with a copywriter, how do you find the right copywriter for you? That's uh... That's like, you definitely got some million dollar question. question. (laughs) How do you find the right copywriter? All right. So first of all, you really need to make sure that you have relevant experience. Mm. That is probably one of the biggest things. And I know, again, it might sound really obvious, but I've heard some horror stories that, again, probably you've heard as well, Michelle, but horror stories of people um, investing in copywriters or even like in designers, web developers, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. 
And these are people that actually don't have any sort of experience, or maybe they just done it for themselves. And now all of a sudden they're trying to charge hundreds and thousands, not even like, you know, a smaller price because, and being honest about it, I am still trying to make experience and all of that. But they mm-hmm. try to charge that high amount because, oh, you know, just go online and sell copywriting services, yeah, or designing services. That's so easy. Everybody can do it. And you really see a lot of these people uh, trying to get into the market and literally just sucking money out of a lot of business owners. Mm-hmm. And so there is clearly there a problem in integrity, if you ask me. But what you can do to protect yourself is really to ask, okay, what is your relevant experience in copywriting? Can I see some of the um, things that you've written before for your clients? Mm. Can I check your portfolio? Do you have any testimonials? All of that. Sometimes what I even offer to people when they come on a sales call with me or something, I even tell them, hey, if you want to talk to one of my previous clients, Mm. I'll be happy to put you in touch because I don't have anything to hide. I know what my results are. I know the work that I've done. Mm. And that's a great way also to just give you as a buyer a good feeling. You know, you know what this person has gone through. They understand you. You know that there is actually a real person on the other (laughs) side that has worked with me before. Mm. So these are like all things that you can just put in place to protect yourself and ensure that this person is, first of all, you know, up to par with their skills and all of that. The other thing that you want to keep in mind is, okay, can this person understand what I'm doing? And do they have a strategic approach to copy? Mm. Because again, copy is not just about writing pretty stuff. I'm not, you know, trying to be, I don't know, JK Rowling or uh, anybody (laughs) else. It's not great literature. (laughs) No, exactly. You know, like I'm not trying to be here, like just just to write pretty stuff and be Hemingway or something. No, this is just really about selling. Mm. But we approach copy copy in a very like strategic way. There's Mm. a lot of theory and work that goes behind it. So you really need to make sure that that copywriter that is in front of you can understand what you're doing, but most importantly, can understand that there is that theory, that strategy, and they can talk to you about it. Mm. If they just tell you like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, what are you selling? Okay, yeah, great, Uh, got it. Without actually asking you questions about who you're targeting, what you're trying to achieve, what's the goal Mm. of this copy? What are you trying to do here with this page, (laughs) right? That gives you a little bit of a red flag. Yeah, because they're not actually giving you the right questions, you know, mm. that you would need even as a copywriter to do some to take on a basic project. Yeah. So really try to have your like your antennas up to to think, okay, is this person do they have experience? What kind of experience is it? Mm-hmm. And are they being strategic and understanding what I'm trying to achieve here? Yeah. And I'll tell you like one more thing, sorry, but I'll tell you one more thing, because I know that there is also a little bit of a myth around this, but a lot of people will say, oh, you know, have you worked before with this type of person or in that industry? You know, I I don't Mm -hmm. know, I am like a, um, I have like a cosmetic line or something like that. Have you worked with a beauty brand before? Look, that kind of experience in the same industry is relevant where we are talking about something extremely technical. I have done technical copywriting like years and years before today. <laughs> you know, when I still was in my nine to five and all of that, 
And in that case, yes, sure, it's great. If I have worked before with a company that does something similar, it will help me. But in all honesty, it's not really the key core mm -hmm. part because, again, as a copywriter, I need to adapt. So especially if you have like a product or a service that you're selling, it's just all about being a good copywriter and adapting, understanding yeah. how I need to do my research to support you and your copy. I don't mm -hmm. need necessarily to be an expert in, I don't know, nappies. And <laughs> <laughs> I did have somebody like once they came to me and they had like um, a, a breast pump kind of product. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, are you an, an expert in this? And said, no, I also don't have kids in all honesty. So, you know, at that point they were um, a little bit doubtful. Mm. And I understand it because there is like a technical component, but eventually, yeah. eventually when we started to work together, they were surprised that I came back with, these are your competitors. This is everything that I see. This is I, what, you know, mm -hmm. what's working. But they were like, oh, so this is what <laughs> the copywriter does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. And I think what's very telling is, you didn't mention what I think I hear as a web designer, most people think they need to look for in a copywriter, which is they write like I talk, you know, the brand <laughs> voice thing. And yeah. I feel like it's maybe a myth in your industry of this, like they have to write like you and that's how you pick the right person. No, no, there's absolutely a myth because again, a good, great, actually I'm going to say a great copywriter because there are a lot of good copywriters, that are good, <laughs> but a great copywriter is the one that can actually adapt. I mean, mm -hmm. if you read everything I write for my clients, it will sound extremely different. And none of it sounds like Rosie. Yeah. You know? So I have my own style. I don't try to pull my style on somebody's brand. Like one of my clients is actually a recruitment company that works with veterans. Can you imagine? I mean, you just uh, <laughs> heard me speaking, whoever is listening, but you heard me speaking for a little while now. Can you imagine me talking with my brand, with my like voice and style? <laughs> better and still wouldn't really fly that well <laughs> and adapt and mm -hmm. that is what a copywriter should do so it's really not about of course it, it can be telling again if I have worked with a lot of coaches or something consultants you mm -hmm. know there will be some things in terms of a certain warmth that you can uh, maybe communicate or something but mm. it's not really telling the fact that I can write as you speak probably just means that you're going to be a copy of me yeah. which is not going to be really working to your advantage. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think it's bringing that strategy piece back in. It's not, and this comes up with design a lot, you know, it's not hiring for your aesthetic. It's hiring for the skill to find your aesthetic, to find your exactly. voice, to present that. I love it. Okay. So I feel like you've really painted a beautiful picture of when to hire, how to hire. Now as the web designer in the room, when and how do you like to have your clients basically pass the copy to a web designer? What does that look like? How do you find it works best to get the best out of your copy and the best out of your website? So usually I would already start to give a certain structure to the copy to facilitate the work of the designer. So I like to think with you guys in a way. <laughs> I try it. It's just... the reason we're friends. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> But I try to really think, okay, if I'm going to just create this paragraph, it might just look a bit too long in design. So what can I do to break it up and all of that? So mm -hmm. I really try to already give a sense of structure and flow because that will make your job a bit easier. 
But also what I always say to my clients is, look, if you got already a designer, or if you know that you're going to work with a designer that you've already uh, signed up with and all of that, just put us in the same room when I have written the first draft and let us talk. Because that's going to be the easiest thing. And mm-hmm. I actually had that happening last week when uh, one of my clients, you know, we were just working on the website and all of that. And he said to me, well, you know, my website was done by this agency before. I want to work with them again. But I want to make sure that they understand what you're trying to achieve here with your copy. I said, yeah, get us on a call. I just need 10, 15 minutes with them. And I can just tell them, look, this is how I did it. You can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. However, I think that these and these are the most important things I want to highlight. This is what I was envisioning here. And then they will do their magic because it is just sometimes a matter of being able to communicate almost, this is what I am trying to achieve with a copy. And then I guess you as a designer, then you can say, okay, then this is how we achieve it visually, right? Exactly. Yeah. I think that's so key and something... I struggle with from my end, you know, being handed copy without the intention, without the purpose and the point of it is so much harder from a design perspective, but ultimately serves the client less because they've got two people locked in separate rooms who are trying to achieve the same thing and not letting us communicate just deprives you of that being a cohesive end result ultimately. And it's so beautiful, you know, because we we just finished off our project again on a website and it's just sometimes in the tiny details, you know, but mm-hmm. I said to them, you know, actually, I think that that photo does not fully yeah. helps or support, you know, the, the, the kind of copy there's, there's next to it, yeah. you know, and we had like a, an honest conversation about it and the designer was like, yeah, you know, I can see it. I understand that this is what you're achieving or what you're trying to achieve here. So, you know, actually I'll give it another go and <laughs> I'll change it. And I saw eventually the final version of the website and he was just perfect. You know, it just reaches that point of perfection where you think, wow, we really got all these details together. Mm-hmm. But now everything is, is like a beautiful orchestra. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that melody now that's coming out. It's so great. And it works on all sorts of levels. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes call. It's not going to take necessarily <laughs> too long. And then at that point, you're in contact with the designer, right? You can just check yeah. it through. That's it. <laughs> It makes not just your copywriter and your designer happy. It ultimately does serve you as well. So it's actually worthwhile. (laughs) I feel like we could keep chatting for ages, but I had one more, like more personal question that I would love to ask you. And this is something that comes up. I really love working with brands that are more international and the question of language comes up for me. So very selfishly, I want to ask you, how do you deal with language in terms of writing copy not just like English French whatever but the versions are like the colloquialisms how do you kind of approach that because it is so specific and yet we are moving into this more global world yeah um that's a very good question I'll tell you this actually I don't know if you know this but probably not many people know this about me but I used to work in linguistic mediation so my first ever version (laughs) of my career you know uh, even coming out of uni, I had actually studied uh, to become like an interpreter and translator, which cool. then evolved into like, yeah, complete random, right? I know. Uh, <laughs> the many, many phases of Rosie. But then I started to work as a linguistic mediator, and mm. which is connected, of course, to the cultural mediation that you mm-hmm. do as well. So clearly there is that part that you were describing in terms of, you know, French, English, all of that. So it's 
the proper language and cultural difference that is huge. Mm-hmm. But even within the Anglo-Saxon world, indeed, there is a huge difference, right? And one of the things that I have learned, and again, this comes from my background, but is really to look at that cultural layer to the language, mm. right? To try and understand, okay, if I am working with Americans, I know that, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way or something, but I know that Americans are much more, you know, bolder, they louder, they out there. They want that strong language. Culturally, though, you can literally just do a little research and try and understand, okay, what is the American culture? British, the other <laughs> side of the spectrum, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's just like really about understanding culturally where is, first of all, that language, you know, the, mm-hmm. where or the, that, uh, yeah, just that audience really understand where they are culturally. And then you can dive into the linguistic part of it. Mm-hmm. Because even if you got the colloquialisms or, you know, even if you're saying something that is very typical American or British or whatever, but at the same time, culturally, you know, if you're being like super loud and out there, but you're still using all the British expressions, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just mm-hmm. not going to make a lot of sense. So, start with the culture, understand how they are, you know, how's the advertising layer, the marketing layer, then mm-hmm. understand the language and then just dive in. I mean, there are a lot of resources on the internet in terms of uh, specific colloquialisms, like there are mm-hmm. I- idiom phrases and all of that, like that you can literally just Google and <laughs> you will find such a wealth of things. And mm-hmm. I'll also say this, this is what I personally do, but um, in my team, I have a proofreader that's American and a proofreader that's British because these Ooh. are the two audiences that mostly I work with. Yeah. I need an, an Australian one, don't I? <laughs> Then I got the major parts. Um, but, you know, I have both because at that point I can really make sure that whatever we are writing, whether it's me or, or a junior, mm. that they are completely aligned for the American audience and for mm-hmm. the British audience. And as well, we are in a very international world. So you will also see mm. the things are starting to get more and more blended. Mm. But even just like in the spelling or some stuff, people still want to see, okay, this is from it's an American for yeah. an American, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, I love that. I, I find it so fascinating. I'm, you know, a child of many countries. and <laughs> I yeah. always love how, how that can come into the brand, the personal brands too, particularly when we work with service providers. I think it is really an important piece. And can I say, actually, I know that we have talked about this even privately, Michelle, but, you know, one thing that I have noticed is that a lot of non-native speakers Mm. get really hung up on the old language grammar all of that and I always like to say you know with copywriting we are there to know the rules and bend them first of all so for (laughs) me as a copywriter grammar and perfection from that point Mm -hmm. of view is less important but again that's also why we got copy editors and proofreaders and all of that right to make sure that nothing is too crazy in what we're trying to (laughs) do but also there is something extremely beautiful as well in putting ourselves mm-hmm. out there for who we are. I am yeah. Italian, you know, and, and if sometimes, um, even like when speaking, because I know that a lot of business owners would just feel very, very conscious, right? Even more mm-hmm. so in their, maybe like in the video part than in the copy, but they would just feel like, oh, you know, I have an accent when I speak. So actually I don't want to be doing a podcast or live mm-hmm. stream or whatever, 
But there's actually something really beautiful. And because we are in such an international, globalized world, really, I think that people will buy from you as well because you show up yeah. with all these imperfections. So yeah. there's nothing wrong. You know, if your website is a little bit Americanized and a little bit British, and that's because you are Polish, you know, you grew up <laughs> with TV, because <laughs> that's the truth, right? I mean, mm-hmm. watching American movies and British sitcoms or something, <laughs> it's okay, you know, again, yeah. unless you work with a professional, but it's okay if you're writing it yourself and it's a little bit of a blend of both and yeah. nobody's going to be caring that much about it. And they're going to be really understanding most of the times. Mm, I love that, that sort of permission to also just be yourself and not have to hide it behind the copy not to make the copy perfect I think that's really something we probably all need to hear a bit more of yeah. it's okay to just be yourself yeah absolutely uh, Rosie I feel like we could talk for another five hours so let's start wrapping this up but before you go I would love for you to share how people can find you learn more about you and I know you have something fun and free for us to share as well yes so people can find me everywhere with the handle I was I never know how to call it but it's the handle right it's it's at writing with Rosie super simple writing with Rosie and that's how you can find me on Instagram and connect with me send me a message say hello and then of course if you go and visit my website that's also www.writingwithrosie.com courtesy of the beautiful Michelle that actually did it for me, <laughs> you will find also an amazing little freebie um, that we will also link directly here. But that's basically a guide to write amazing copy the easy way. So it's just like a bunch of tips that will guide you through the before, during and after of your copy creation. So hopefully they will just make it a little bit easier for you if you want to do it yourself. I have got that guide and it is great. So I definitely recommend grabbing it. I think coffee can be really scary. So Rosie does a very good job of of making it a lot easier for us. Well, thank you so much again, Rosie, for joining us and for sharing all of this helpful insights, tips, and just perspective on coffee. It's been really great. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to show some love for some fellow mompreneurs, we would really appreciate a rating or even just telling a business friend about the show. We will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care. Bye.